Welcome to the 3-0 podcast. Fair warning, this episode may include talks of adult themes, bad language and football. Welcome to the 3-0 podcast, hosted by your resident United fan, uh, myself, Ethan, as well as uh, the Arsenal fan on the pod, Chuck, and Chelsea fan, Matt. Uh, the first point of the day today will be Arsenal signings. Who's been the flops? Who's been the great signings? Chuck, do you want to go into the first point? Yes, please. Right, so after finally wrestling my slot back from Ethan after last week, it, let's it was, talk it was, about it, it some of those... It was a fight. It was a real tough fight. <laughs> Let, let's talk about some signings. <laughs> so, as an Arsenal fan, I've had to put up with a few things these past seasons. We won't go into them. But one of them has been our pretty abysmal signings since the past days of Wenger. We've had some very shoddy loan spells, some players who were hyped up to no end, who ended up being complete flops. And then we had Shaka. Mm. <laughs> I'd, I'd just like to reminisce and maybe get a little bit salty at some of these transfers. Now, I know you guys are going to throw in some more transfers for me to cry at. So um, I have a list here. I've got a list of the transfers since the Wenger Day. I think there's 20 in total. Ooh. Two of them I'm not going to go into. Just yeah. uh, Matthew Ryan and Martin Odegaard, because they, they're on a loan spell. They've only been here for a couple of months. <laughs> so for, first list I'm going to go down is our Chelsea bins. <laughs> so uh, we have two players in our Chelsea bins with David Luiz joined us from Chelsea in 2019 for a fee of 8 million, around about 8 million. Bargain, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's led us to an FA Cup win over Chelsea, but he's also given away countless penalties and red cards. I, I, I'd he argue is... he's done so much in the Premier League that he's probably offset the money that was won from the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he's probably had a few fines from the FA just because <laughs> of, his, of his inability to defend. And... <laughs> And the other player in, in my Chelsea bin is William, who joined Chelsea this season on a free, who has been abysmal. Except I mean, for two games. I was about to go say, I mean, William has turned up twice this season. He turned up against Leicester mm. and he turned up in the first game of the season. So, you know. Yeah, against Fulham. Yeah. Mm. Where, where we won that game 3 0 at the start of the season. And he turned up um, against Leicester at the weekend. And, and he, he showed exactly why we bought him. He just needs to show it more than twice a season, doesn't he? I was going to say, <laughs> yes. and then every single other game, apart from the two mentioned, showed why Chelsea let him go. <laughs> so Very peripheral, very much on the side of things. And like, I'll occasionally chip in with a nutmeg, but mm. sometimes I don't feel like running. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I, I don't think it was interesting when you signed a 32-year-old winger who's going to be 33 before, like, you know, the next mm. season starts. On the two, was it, was it two or three year deal you signed him on? I think three it was year the, deal. A three year deal. She so signed a bloke who was 32 mm. on a three year deal. He's going to turn 33 before the start of next season as a winger. It's an interesting choice, to be mm. fair. Well, yeah, because sure. as, as a winger, generally speaking, there's not many wingers out there that don't have any pace. And mm. when you're older, you're going to lose pace. So it doesn't really make sense that signing, um, especially a three year deal like a 32. That's just. I mean, what is what are his wages as well? Because um, it's. I think it's reported two hundred k a week. Which is Jesus amazing. Christ. I, I think it's it, it's big wages. It's big yeah, wages I mean, for a big player. I can't talk wages for United because we like you know with 
we're we're notorious for just throwing money bags at shit players. But I mean, two hundred k a year for a thirty two year old is a lot. Yeah, yeah. But... So, I'm going to go on to my next list now, which is flops, players that I I think that came in did nothing. So I've got three players on this list. I've got Denis Suarez, who joined us in 2018 on a loan deal from Barcelona. He did nothing. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, was say, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember the. I, I know, I know the player. I don't remember being at, him being at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> he didn't play many games. He didn't yeah. do anything to light up the Premier League, and he went back to Barcelona, was, disappointing Arsenal fans. Was he the, was he the Danny Ceballos before Danny Ceballos joined? Or was he, he even was in, Danny no, he was Dan, <laughs> Danny Ceballos joined in 2019. So, yeah. So, he, yeah, he was before Danny Ceballos. Yeah. I remember when he was coming in, and I think a few Arsenal fans were like, oh, we're getting like a tricky, like Spanish, sort of like, he's a wide player, <laughs> but like a number 10. You know, you all know it's like number 10s who can play out wide as well. And I think it's pretty much been shown by the fact he went, went, went back to Barca. Barca didn't want him. I think he's at Celta Vigo now. And I think for a large period of the season, they're also in a relegation fight. And I think, yeah, he's gone from being in the Barcelona first team to be on loan at Arsenal to now being at Celta Vigo in a mid-table in the Liga. So. Yeah, I, I don't want to draw too many conclusions there. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, Celta Vigo are 11th in La Liga and Arsenal are 10th in the Premier League. So, you know, they're sort of on the same level still. So I'm guessing it was a sideways move almost in that sense. <laughs> sideways move to a different country. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's uh, move on to my second of the three players. Stefan Lichsteiner, who joined us on a free in 2018. Oh, I remember that one. Remember that yeah, one. so he was, he was classed up to be this big, no-nonsense, mm. strong, angry fullback. And he was just too old. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, wasn't he like brought in to sort of try and provide some sort of like guidance or some sort of like, you know. Yeah, like he was that, guidance that. and a little bit of, of uh, the competition with Bellerin. But. I think as a 34th, was he 34, 35 when he joined? I think it might have been 35 when he joined the Prem. But I think when, when you're in your mid 30s as a fullback and that's your debut in the Premier League, especially when you've been playing in the Serie A, which I don't, I don't want to say the Serie A is slower, but it is slower than the Premier League. You've been playing in there for like, I think most of it, I think from like 2007, he'd been at the, um, in, in the Serie A at various clubs. Then going to the Premier League at 35. And playing against wingers like Sterling and Rashford, who are just going to turn you inside out every single time. I don't think he even really played that many games, did he? I think he's mostly European player, and he played in the Europa League a bit, but didn't really yeah, play. Yeah, Europa League and Cup games. He probably served his purpose, though, because he was only meant for rotational like ways to play. So yeah, it, was only, it, it was only as a worst-case scenario if, if Bellerin was injured or if they needed to rest Bellerin. So mm. in fairness, it's probably not... A really bad signing, but it's not it's not one that you know made the headlines. It didn't at all. it didn't light up Arsenal fans' no, hearts. Yeah, but no. yeah. not many fullbacks do really. No, no. not since days of Cashley Cole and you know Zachary Sagner. Oh, Always good tomorrow, say Zachary Bagner. Zachary Bagner. Yeah. <laughs> so our third and final flop is William Saliba, who we bought off of Saint Etienne for close to thirty million in twenty nineteen. Mm. We then loaned him out. Brought him back in and loaned him out again. There's been a lot of rumours about him. There's been rumours that he had a falling out with Arteta, that he didn't quite fit into English football, that he was homesick. Nobody really knows the I mean, circumstances around why he it's went. A bit, I think it's a bit unfair to call him a flop because the, the kid's 20 Maybe. years old still. Like He's, he's Maybe, a really young yeah. player. But I mean, like in terms of Arsenal for thirty billion pounds, he's a he's a flop in the terms of you, like the money you paid for him. And you had, I doubt you're gonna get that money back. But yeah, I, I feel like at the end of the season, we're we're just gonna sell him and he'll be gone, and he would have done nothing but 
injure Arsenal's banks? He was because I I saw him a few games in as if you guys aren't aware, um, and Chuck and Matt are that I'm like the football pervert on this podcast. I'm like rain man for football almost sometimes, and I, I do watch a bit of European football for no apparent reason, but. <laughs> um, I, I, I saw him a few times, and he, he, he looked pretty decent for Saint Etienne back in the, I say back in the day, like a year or two ago. But I saw when well, I saw him join Arsenal, I was like, oh, he's getting a good, they're finally getting in a good young signing, a good centre back. Mm. And then Arteta is just sort of like, I don't, I don't know if he just didn't turn up in you know the training and stuff, or didn't really prove. But it seems Arteta's gone. Now he's wanking, ain't gonna play. And so it hasn't yeah. even given him. A, he hasn't even played one game, no, has he? Like, not one game, not given a single chance. I don't even, I don't know if he's played any of the like under twenty ones. I don't think he did. I think he I played. Think... A, I, I, I saw online that he played a couple of under twenty three games for Arsenal, but it wasn't didn't like set the world alight. But I mean, from his point of view, you're a young kid who's joined Arsenal, and you don't, don't even get a chance in the first team, and then get chucked in the under twenty threes. It's not really be yeah, you have you, much you don't motivation get, there, do you? Don't get given a chance over David Luiz. You know you've got to leave, don't you? <laughs> so let's yeah. move into disappointment, shall we? Players that I think sort of disappointed me. So my yeah, first one here is Lucas Torreira from Sampdoria, twenty five million, joined in twenty eighteen. Said to be mm. like a, a we, we bought, I think, after he had a really good World Cup and he mm. was supposed to be a bulldog central defensive midfielder. Was that Uruguay? Just sort of, yeah, 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 mm. yeah. really, really nappy Uruguayan who's going to get stuck into tackles. And it, he did get stuck into tackles, got a lot of got, got a few yellow cards, did a few fouls, didn't have the greatest of passing or shooting. Mm. Yeah, and I think the thing is, I guess if you're spending yeah. 25 million though, nowadays that is just getting a bang average player in the Premier League. Like a yeah, majority of the players, especially in the top half of the table, a majority of them won't be what sort of be worth more than 25 mil. But the the bottom half will be like from 10 to 25. So um, more often than not. Yeah, I think so, he's, a, he's had a few injury troubles, isn't he? As well, like, I think he's had, he's had a few like niggling muscle injuries, which is probably yeah, quite yeah. common in a sort of player like him. The, like a really aggressive, like powerful player, like very common in an Arsenal player. Well, yeah, that as well. I mean, I, I don't know what your like <laughs> physios do, but apparently, mm. you know, fixing players' injuries isn't one of the things they do. But they, they sort another. of get they, yeah. they, they've got the um old like voodoo magic ritualistic thing. I get a chicken shake and sort of poke the injured place and like heal, heal. <laughs> yeah, mm. but, yeah. I, I I guess you could, you could maybe class him as a bit of a disappointment, as you know, he was he's meant to be that guy who joins in a DM for you and be like, you know, the next. The DM who's there for the next ten years almost, but I guess and, he, and he's, he wasn't he's really now there. loaned loaned out to um, I think it's somewhere in in the Liga. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not it's not over yet though. though. So yeah, mm. I think I think he was part of the Partey deal. I think in response to Partey coming to Arsenal, he went to um, Atletico on loan. Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, next disappointment, Matteo. Is it? I, I always get to say it's either Gen or Gwendozi. I think it's Gwendozi. Either either. I know Arsenal fans refer to him as Matteo getting boozy as well, which is one of his nicknames. But... Yeah, that's the one. So he joined us in 2018 from Lorient for seven million. I hate the kid. I hate him. He's he's such he's... an arrogant little twat. Yeah, I, he has. Every every time he plays us, I just want someone just to snap his leg in half. That's my opinion of Matteo Gwendozi. He's 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 one of those little French players that thinks he's like, you know, the next fucking Andrea Pirlo and is bang average at best and is obviously proven that he's at Hertha Berlin in Germany and he's, they've done nothing this season so good on him stay out there don't come back yeah he had a, a lot of like character issues wasn't the friendliest of people he, he didn't really get right well he didn't hit the ground at all and he always he, did, he was a diver wasn't he he dove a lot like whenever anybody just sort of pushed him a little bit he'd go over 
Yeah, you get that a lot in today's modern game, though, don't you? So it's not really a just defining trait, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. All three look like David Luiz's brother, which probably doesn't endear him to Arsenal fans' hearts either. <laughs> no. So, can you guys guess the next disappointment? It's got a humongous price tag on it. Is it Mezut by any chance? No, it is Nicolas Pepe. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> obvious. Price tag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Humongous price tag, seventy-two yeah. million. Our mm. record signing has not really done enough. All I'm going to se- bring up is that Dan James is a better goals and assists um, tally than he does. Dan James costs fifty million pounds from Swansea, and Dan James is absolute shite. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's- the thing is, he's got so much time on his side. Like, is he 23 or 22? James. It, no, um, Pepe. Pepe, I, I think, think 23, both 24. Both are yeah. the same sort yeah. of age, I think. So he's, he's I still mean, got time. I mean, it, yeah. if, if you're saying about that, you can argue the like, like Havertz and stuff, because he's a similar price, because it's 75 mil, wasn't it, Havertz? So mm. I'd class him as a bit of disappointment for Chelsea this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, he did get COVID and he started to get a bit of a run of form. And, well, sorry, he started to get a bit of a run of form. Because he joined late and then got COVID, and then it hasn't really happened for him because he's had a new manager. But um, but yeah, that's that, I think that's slightly more complicated. You haven't you haven't had a bit a bit much of a disruption as, as Arsenal, sorry, yeah. in the Arsenal camp as the Chelsea camp has. Um, but yeah, in, it certainly yeah. didn't do enough. No, I mean, in fairness to Arsenal fans, I thought he was decent. I thought he was going to be decent because of how he didn't like how he played in you know the 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 league game. But I think mm. in the at the end of the day, he basically turned into like the new Jovino pretty much. Yep. <laughs> pace and not much else really, it seems. Yep. It's Leicester. I think he's start he might pick up form now. I just have to sort of hope and pray. Yeah, you hope so. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So our next player is the um the the, the Denny Suarez after Denny Suarez. It is Danny Ceballos, our loan our two time loanee from Real Madrid. And he's disappointing. I I think he's disappointing. Yeah, he, he he does things occasionally, but I don't think he's the, the big player that we needed him to be I thought his first loan I, I, I could be wrong because I, I don't watch much Arsenal anymore because you know I'm not really a fan of mid-table football but um, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I heard his first loan spell was pretty decent and I heard a few Arsenal fans talking about signing him on a permanent deal in the summer but yeah this season I, I, I can't proclaim to know much about him or seen much of it, how he plays but yeah, I'll take your word for it if you think he hasn't played much often we've got Xhaka uh, Partey and Mohamed Elneny all seem to be getting it ahead of him and then in the attacking midfield role we've had Smith Rowe who's been great for us and Odegaard now mm. so Smith Rowe really has broke through recently though hasn't he so um, yes yeah, like starting yeah, wise Mm. Yeah, these are just this is just my personal opinion on these players mm. so you know don't crucify me <laughs> and uh, a player who only played a couple of games I'd, I'd really really sad for him and I'm disappointed in him it's Alex Runiston from Dijon like after after his game against Manchester City where he conceded those goals it re- really saddened me to see to see him do that he just he just looks completely out of his depth, doesn't he? He looks like one of those mm. keepers that's came over that just seems to like. I I, I don't understand really where he came like like he sort of came out of the blue, didn't he? Like I had I was reading something something the other day. There's um Andy Woodman was a goalkeeping coach at Arsenal, who's well he still is a goal the head of goalkeeping at Arsenal, who's getting released at the end of the season apparently. Um, and apparently when Arteta's new goalkeeping coach came in, um some Spanish guy I don't know his name um. He's he he the, the Spanish guy was responsible for bringing Rinnison in. Um, apparently rated him. Apparently had played him like uh, managed him before, 
And yeah, it just seems that he's he's just really not cut out for the Premier League. I mean, you you sold arguably maybe the best. Well, no. I think. <laughs> don't don't Ma- Ma- don't say it. Don't say it, even please. Martinez, please. Has, I think, oh. proved that last season was probably the best number two in the like. Oh, I was going to say Romero is the best number two, but if you class, well, Martinez is number one now. But I'm guessing if you look at how he's played, he arguably was also the best number two in the Prem. But you've gone from him selling him for what 15, 20 million you might have sold him for. Yeah, you got in Runison in from was it uh, Huem or Ren or one of them French teams? Uh, Dijon. Dijon, I'll be wrong then. Dijon, anyway. Um, they got it from Dijon, and yeah, he's just not played well at all, has he? I mean, there's a reason you've got Matt Ryan on loan now to go and <laughs> stop the yeah. keeper. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And Matt Ryan only played because Bert Leno went and did a handball, like an absolute I mean, player. Matt Ryan's only come to your club because he got kicked out of being Brighton's number one by Robert Sanchez. So <laughs> he's... Mm. But he is an yeah, Arsenal he... fan, though, so at least he's going to play for your club, like, properly. Well, yeah, true. So... Um, always, it, it's always nice to have those. Yeah. Right, those are my disappointments. We can now, we can now get on to, to where I stop crying. We get on to the good signings, whereas I think have come in and have done well. Okay. So we're going to start with our goalkeeper, Bern Lino, from Bayern Leverkusen in, in 2018. And he's just, he's been our number one. I, you can draw comparisons between, like, you know, you can, between him and Martinez, which one's the better one, which was better with a feet, better shot stopper. But in the end, Arsenal decided to stay with Lino and I, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I think he's a pretty decent keeper. I mean, um, he, he he was arguably by Leverkusen's best player when he was at the club. Um, I think he was, if not their captain, vice-captain for a while as well. Um, he's played consistently well for you guys. I think the only lull he sort of had was maybe early on in the season where there was a few calls when he made a few bad decisions. But I think generally he's a solid keeper. I'd say he's probably top 10 in the Prem as well. So he's, yeah, he's a decent keeper. Yeah, same as Arsenal, top 10 in the Prem. It's great. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> we have Socrates Papastatopoulos. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. There you go. The Greek big centre-back from Dortmund, born in 2018. He didn't have a great ending to his Arsenal career, but I'd, I feel like his, his starting a middle was was pretty good for us. Yeah, yeah, I think he was d- d- decent, yeah. I'll let you go, Matt, because I've been talking yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, I just remember Socrates being one of those big centre-backs that you bought um, that wasn't ideal, but because he, he couldn't really turn too well. He's a bit like Maguire, in a sense, but mm. I think Maguire's... Or Murta Saka. Yeah, or <laughs> Murta Saka. I, I'd I argue mean... Maguire's probably a bit better on the ball, but it's probably equally oh, yeah. slow. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, just defensive-wise, yeah, like, yeah, it's similar to Maguire in the, in the sense of like he can't really turn too quickly, can put in a tackle, um, mm. but but yeah, um, and he's a reasonable presence in the air. Maguire's probably a lot better in the air, though, to be fair. But um, but yeah, I just remember him being that type of player, um, and then all of a sudden him leaving. I don't I don't really recall much else. <laughs> I think he was one of those players, like alongside Urza and a few others, that had a falling out of Arteta, didn't he? And I think as soon as yeah. he fell out of Arteta. Arteta is one of those managers that when you're not in his plans, you're, you're not in his plans and you ain't got a mm-hmm. chance of getting back in. So we mentioned, I think we might mention it last week that he's at Olympiacos. So, you know, he's bound to go and score a 90th minute winner for Olympiacos against Arsenal in the uh, Europa League, isn't he? It's, it's, it's almost, the, the story's it's, it's, almost been written already. He <laughs> is. Um, is uh, Ozil's gone to... Um, Fenerbahce. On Ozil, Fenerbahce, yeah. yeah. Arguably... Arsenal's best signing now, I think, is Kieran Tierney from Celtic. Give him the captain's armband. <laughs> it's it's that simple. Mm. He has been top quality at left back. He has provided 
goals. He's provided assists. He's provided threats. He's given us everything that he can. He deserves that captain's armband. Well, no, I, 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 I don't know if he necessarily deserves the armband. Maybe, maybe he does. Um, I think he is one of the better. Uh, well, he, he's, he's the best left back you've got. Um, not that there's much really competition there, but. Um, yeah, he, he he is a pretty decent left back. I don't think he's the best in the league. I don't think he's the worst in the league. He's probably again maybe top five, top six. But I think he's a fairly decent left back. Not as good as Luke Shaw, but you know, not not not, not many players are at the moment. But Matt, what are you going to say about Luke, uh, Luke Tierney then, Kieran Tierney? Uh, I, I was going to say he's just been probably the most consistent player since he signed. Yeah. Him. So and if you do that do that for long enough you, you end up getting the captaincy anyway at any club most of the time if you stay long yeah, enough true. <laughs> um yeah nothing really more to say about Tierney like you said no, you've already mentioned a good left back not amazingly setting the world alight but I mean he's definitely Arsenal's most consistent player yeah next player is Gabriel Martinelli youngster bought for six million from Ituano and his Europa League form last season was incredible yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting on the two players, isn't it? Because like, I think last season, him and Greenwood were sort of being like made comparisons between both of them. And it seemed this season, for either lack of form or injury, both of them are sort of, you know, called off a bit. Yeah. Um, Martinelli's been injured this season for most of it. Martinelli's been injured and obviously Greenwood's had personal problems and been had a lack of form and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's definitely a player for the future. And, you know, as long as he, you know, performs the level he did last season and pushes on from there, I can't see why he's not an Arsenal first team or decent Premier League player maybe maybe better than decent a good Premier League player in the future yeah stick him in striker put him between Saka and Pepe and see what happens anything to add Matt uh regarding players uh just regarding Gabriel uh no 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 okay what about Pablo Mari from Flamengo who had who great (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll be completely honest I've seen him play a few games I honestly couldn't couldn't yeah, the, give you an opinion few, on him. The few games he has played, he's he's done well. It, I I made this list before the Leicester game, and I know in the Leicester game he did let um, who, who was the player who scored the first goal for Leicester? Uh, Tielemans when the entire yeah. Arsenal defence decided to just not go near him. Yeah, Pablo Mari decided to to mark the run and just just let him keep him going what, and going. What I was said of Arsenal is in that game, um, it was some really good social distancing from their players. They're really taking the COVID pandemic seriously. <laughs> They socially distanced from Telemans, and you know he just he just went through and scored. Even though they've all had COVID tests already, they're just being that extra exactly. bit safe. Yeah, they, yeah. They are, you know, hands, face, space. Was that what Boris was saying for a while? That's what they were doing. <laughs> hands, face, space in the box to score. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid this season. Few injury problems, but when you see him on the pitch playing, he is he's Champions League quality. Like how we got him, I don't know. <laughs> by paying his release clause which let's go yeah. didn't, didn't want to let you to do <laughs> yeah we, we, what happened. Uh, Arsenal instead of going to Atletico Madrid to buy him they went to La Liga and bought the release clause and that meant that Atletico couldn't do anything yeah I, I, I don't think Simeone was very happy about that no because we did pinch him on like deadline night it was deadline dead night and you got him on a, like a release clause and Atletico I think I think if Simeone had man, like if he could have done he might have just beaten like He's the sort of man that would have broken Partey's legs before he flowed to Arsenal, just as like a last dig to Arsenal for like screwing him over. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it did, did allow Atletico to get in um, Kondogbia on there. 
because I think La Liga's got the weird rule, haven't they? Where um, if you get a deadline day signing or like an emergency, like someone pays the release clause, you then get two weeks to sign another player. So I think they signed Condogbia as his replacement. But yeah, I think I think the jury's still out on Partey, but he's shown that Let's Co is quality. So hopefully Arsenal can show it too. Yeah, under under Simeone, uh, I don't for three years. I don't think Partey missed a single game for injury. Under Arsenal, he's missed <laughs> a fair few from injury. <laughs> I. I, I just I can't can't understand. So we're we're almost at the end now. We've got two more players to go. I know you're all bored, hmm. except Arsenal fans. We're loving this. We've got really? Gabriel Magales. Magales. We've got Gabriel who joined us this season from Lille for 24 mil and has solidified the Arsenal defence. Him and Rob Holding have formed a great partnership that has allowed us to concede the goals that we have. <laughs> don't forget David Luiz <laughs> yeah David Luiz yeah mm. I, I, what I should do is I go, should go through the the, the, the team the, sorry the games that I've had Gabriel and Holding or Gabriel Holding and Luiz and see what the conceding ratio is mm. yeah yeah I mean I will say that I, I think Gabriel is your best centre back it's, it, it's not a hard thing to be as Arsenal's best centre back because to be fair just be somewhat competent and not prone to red cards or own goals in the Arsenal's best centre-back. But, mm. yeah, I think he's been one of your better signings this season. Sorry, I think he's been your best signing this season, to be honest. And um, I think from the start of the season where he started off his Arsenal career by scoring, he's been really, really good. He was impressive out in, um, out in France as well. And he's probably got one of the most, especially at the start of FIFA, any, any FIFA fans, probably got one of the most underrated cards I've ever seen in FIFA. With, like, I think he had, like, Either like was, high fifties or low sixties pace or something, which is it was insane for the player. Eighty-two rated, sixty-two pace. I know because I got him as one of the red yeah. uh, foot champs cards. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And our our last player for this is Cedric Suarez, who joined us from Southampton. And he's he's been a good rotation player. He's been there to cover the fullbacks when we needed to, both left and right. Yeah, he's he's been good. I've been happy with him. Yeah, I was, I. I, I I saw him at, uh, at Saints, and he always, and he was he's always a decent right back. I think he was he's one of those ones that maybe was you know a bit a bit prone to maybe being a bit like going a bit further forward than he should do. Maybe like you know ignoring his defensive duties at a few points. But the guys won a Euro, not well, one Euro twenty twenty sixteen. He won. I think one Euro twenty sixteen. Mm. Is it Euro twenty sixteen? He won. It was, wasn't it? I was, I'm not yeah, getting mad. Yeah. One Euro twenty sixteen. He was part of that squad, mm. and then uh, won the Nations League as well. So. Fair play to me. He's part of that team, so he's he's, the, he's a decent mm, pro. The, the way I see him is, it's almost like a right-sided Van Arnholt. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's quick. Sometimes gets caught in the attack. Um, has some quality, but you know, again, not setting the world alight. Yeah, well, he's not going to. He is mm. past his prime. Mm. He's he's been good for our rotation. Either. That that's it for my list, anyway, guys. Are there any play, players in in recent history that you you think need mentioning? I've I've got three here. Um, we can go through quickly, um, which are all going to play on Arsenal fans' minds for a while. Uh, the first of which is Carl Jenkinson. Uh, oh. Do you remember Carl Jenkinson, Jack? I do. I remember us trying to find a position for him, like mid in in you know the defensive midfield, centre back and right back. It never stuck. Yeah, was... so Carl, Carl, Carl Jenkinson was signed by Arsenal in twenty eleven from Charlton. Um, in all those seasons, he made 41 appearances in the league, scoring one goal. I think, I think in total, how many goals, how many games did he have for Arsenal in total? I think he played 70 games in total over the course of pretty much eight or nine years. Um, scored one goal, 
Um, I think from 2013 onwards, he played like 10 games for Arsenal, was loaned out repeatedly, um, you know, never really found a club, and now he's playing for Nottingham, Nottingham Forest. So, you know, yeah, I, great, I, I'd argue superb, that... love him, absolutely class <laughs> signing that. <clears throat> yeah, the one interesting fact about Carl Jenkinson actually is he's got, um, one, I think one of his parents always got Finnish ancestry. So when he was in the youth team, he actually played for Finland and England under 21s. Oh, cool. Um, at the same time, also got that's an, pretty impressive. Yeah. Also, How did it, what, England, were they playing each other and you had to keep switching jerseys <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever was defending? <laughs> um, he also somehow got an England cap in 2012. So God knows how that happened, but you know. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think there was an injury crisis at that point, wasn't there? Probably, yeah. Um, the next player is another player who played a few games for Arsenal. Um, yeah, Sonogo. Uh, good old injury yeah, prone Sonogo. <laughs> yeah, so he, he joined Arsenal in 2013 for Moxair, um, who was already injury prone by that point before he got to Arsenal. So you know, it's, it's very Arsenal signing an injury prone Frenchman before he gets there. Um, yeah, I think in, in his entire Arsenal career, played how many was it? 20 games, uh, scored one goal ah. in the um, in, in, in I think, I think it's the Europa League playoff or Champions League game over how many years? Um, it was, it looks like it's over 2013 to 2017, so about four or five years. Played 20 <laughs> games and scored one goal but in that those 20 games. He did play like Henri, but, not scoring yeah. the goals, but he did. If play Henri well had a like snap leg and you know one eye, maybe he's playing like Henri then. Mm. Um, then left Arsenal, went to Toulouse and scored 12 goals and 63 games for Toulouse in the French league until they got relegated uh, last year. And now he's at Huddersfield Town. Oh, is he? Casey Palmer. He's up at Huddersfield in, uh, in February, yeah. But, mm. uh, yeah, so he's, I think he think totally scored 16 goals in 70 games um, for Toulouse as they got relegated last season. Um, that was 70 games in over three years, not over the one one year. Uh, and then my favourite one, well, my favourite load signing of Arsenal of all time has to be Kim Kallstrom. The, um, the Swedish midfielder oh, who was signed, yeah. who was signed, yeah. who was signed from Spartak Moscow with, I'm fairly certain, a broken back or some sort yes, of major back injury. Um Yes, yeah, although back in the during medical, so Calston would still join and undergo his rehab at Arsenal. So basically, the guy joined London for six months, got rehab at a world class training facility, and played about four games. <laughs> but uh, he did say, he said, despite only making four appearances, Calston said that he enjoyed his time at Arsenal. I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed my time being pampered uh, in London. It was great. Exactly. Yeah, what about you, Matt? And any players you want uh, to add to this list? I've got, I've got one player, um, and he's within the decade. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's Gavinio. Gavinio, so, yeah, yeah. Gavinio Yelkowati. Yeah. So, I mean, he joined from Lille for in 2011 for 10.8 million. Um, but just imagine this, like, so Arsenal signed him at a time when Lille had the likes of Eden Hazard and Johan Kabay in their League One winning team. Um, so. I mean, and he came in to replace Samir Nasri. He obviously went to City. Um, I mean, it's quite fair to say that he signed the wrong player because if you look at his stats, he only scored 11 goals in 69 appearances for, for the Gunners. So so, so we, we had the choice there. Arthur had the choice between Gervinho and Hazard. Yeah. Is what you're telling well, me here. Well, 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 actually, what happened is Arsenal went in for Hazard as well, but Hazard chose Chelsea because we just recently won the Champions League. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that, that uh, makes sense. But yeah, so you went for the next best you thought <laughs> in Cavino. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I could have sworn he stayed around for a while. Yeah, but... he was there two or three seasons. I played with Van Persie, played with Arshavin. Yeah. He was there. He was there during some of the Cesc era. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's his first era. He went to China, didn't he, as well, after that? Didn't it? Mm. Was, it, was, it, was it straight to China? Was it like Turkey and China? Somewhere that had a lot of money and yeah, you know, he, more mediocre players. It looked like he started playing for money yeah. more than anything else. Mm. The one thing I would give Jorinho, to be fair to him, is um, last season, at least, he went back to... Um, you guys, uh, I don't know how, how well you guys are of the story of Parma in Italy. They reached, they were a Serie A team that got relegated, went, oh, yeah, went, yeah. went bankrupt, mm. got relegated mm-hmm. all the way to the City D and mm-hmm. went the way back to the um, City A. Um, and he was their top scorer last season as Palmer finished in, I think it was like seventh or eighth or definitely top half of the table in City A with a oh, very yeah. mediocre mm. budget. So he seems to have sort of revitalised his career somewhat in Italy. Um, I think Palmer actually in a relegation battle again though this season, but, you know, it's only taken him until he's 32 or 33 now to finally find a club where he's conf- like, you know, performing somewhat consistently at. But mm. yeah, yeah it's not, just another William for me. <laughs> Maybe. Right. I'd, thank you guys for letting me reminisce about that. And we will see the rest of you after this short break. Hello guys, Connor here from the Bundle YouTube channel. We are not only a podcast, but a source of your entertainment too. Here's a quick insight of when one of our members thought that the moon was actually bigger than the earth. Roxby being like, yeah, it's mad. Like that is, That's bigger than the earth, isn't it? Me and George just... That time when we remember Gordon Ramsay screaming and made one of his chefs into an actual idiot sandwich. Idiots. An idiot sandwich. The violation on that. (laughs) And lastly, when in school, we go back and touch on the most memorable moments. I need to get to my lesson, whatever. You're on the wrong side, doesn't matter. And he goes, yeah. you yeah, he gets there and you go, oh no, you got to go all the way around. <laughs> turn around, turn around. You can find us all on The Bundle on YouTube or find us on Instagram, which is at the underscore bundle underscore, Twitter at the bundle underscore underscore, Facebook, which is The Bundle Podcast, and finally TikTok at The Bundle underscore. Hello and welcome back to The 3-0 Podcast. Here's our second point of the day. Ethan, take it away. Thanks, Matt. Um, so, yeah, the point I decided to choose this week was to look at uh, some of the previous PFA Young Player of the Year winners and take a look back at their careers and see where they've gone from. So, obviously, from winning the Young Player of the Year all the way through to the end of their career. So, I sort of gave you guys a bit of a task to sort of pick three players off the list um, to try and keep them as recent as possible so, you know, that the fans listening would actually possibly know who they are. I'm not going to try and generalise and say everyone's young, but if we go back to the 80s and 70s, even we wouldn't know who some of those players are. Um, so yeah, that's essentially what we're going to look at. Um, if I start off first, so the first player I'm going to be looking at is uh, Ryan Giggs. Uh, so Ryan Giggs won the uh, PFA Young Player of the Year award um, two times uh, in the 91-92 and 92-93 season. Uh, won it at 18 and 19 years old. Um He's a player that both of you guys probably are very well aware of and most of our fans listening are aware of. So I'll go into a brief look at his career. Um, is there anything you guys want to add just to start off with on anything on Ryan Giggs before I start going to a look? Well, yeah, I, I just want to add they had a very hairy chest when he scored that goal against Arsenal. That's what Chuck remembers <laughs> from the Arsenal game is Ryan F- Giggs' FA very Cup hairy final? chest. I think it was back in the uh, 90s. I think it was one of the goals that got him onto the scene was uh, basically dribbling past the entirety of the Arsenal defence and scoring. Mm. Uh, you know, w- one of many highlights of Giggs' career. I mean, my memory of Giggs is just that he was a player that refused to retire, pretty much. He did. He, like, no matter he, how he much pace on... he lost, he was always on the bench <laughs> to bring on as a super sub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in fairness to Ryan Giggs, he, he started off his career at United at 17 years old and retired um, 
just shy of 41. So <laughs> it, it was a man known for his longevity. I mean, his position mm. changed in his career. He went from a from a quick, tricky winger to a sort of left-sided playmaker, sort of maybe into the late 20s and early 30s, and then almost into like a number 10 sort of slash centre midfield uh, player in his later career, which obviously he had to do based on the fact that when you're in your late, sorry, your mid to late 30s, early 40s, you're not going to have the pace you once had. Um, just looking at a few stats, actually, uh, Ryan Giggs. So in, in the two seasons which he won the PFA Young Player of the Year, um, in 91-92, it's hard to get stats for it. Imagine find some stats that he got um, seven goals and 16 assists in all competitions in that season. And then the following season, he got 11 goals and five assists. Um, so obviously, that's quite a good return from a young winger. Um in his entire career, uh, he played 963 games in all competitions. That's mental. You know, um, that's <laughs> not including games for Wales. So I think he may have ended up going into the uh, thousands of games if you include Wales appearances. Um, scored 168 goals in total, which isn't the best record if you look at it. But mm. I'm guessing he was a more of an old-fashioned winger. Like wingers nowadays are meant to be scoring, you know, 20, 25 goals. Whereas back in Giggs' day, they were more relied upon for their general play and assists. Um, did get over 250 assists in his career. Again, trying to get assist data for cup competitions and such back in the 90s is quite difficult, but um, I definitely have a 250 assists. Uh, won 13 Premier League titles. I think he's one of the most Premier Leagues of any player that's that's played the, played the game. Uh, four FA Cups, three League Cups, two Champions Leagues. Obviously part of that trouble in inside. Uh, was in the PFA Team of the Year six times. Uh, actually, surprisingly enough, at 35 years old, won the PFA Players Player of the Year in the 2008-09 season, which I think is quite an achieve- achievement to sort of get that at 35 years old. At 35, <laughs> at the death of mm. your career? Well, for him, well, it was I mean, the death of his career. Yeah, six he, years, he six years five, more. Yeah, five or six <laughs> years left after that. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a United legend. Um, managed a club at the end of the 13-14 season when Moyes got sacked for a bit. Give it to Gizzi to the end of the season? Yeah, good. <laughs> Give a good to the end of the season, yeah. Um, and then you had, um, yes, obviously managed the club for a bit, was Van Gaal's assistant um, and is now Wales manager. So, I mean, I think he's definitely a, pl- a player that lived up to the hype. I mean, the amount of trophies he won, one of the most decorated players of all time. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Ryan Giggs' career. Uh, I'm not sure how you guys want to do this. Yeah, essentially reduced it. <laughs> I mean, he was still hitting the assist and he was still performing. I mean, to get, yeah. to get, to get a player's player of the year at 35 years old, he was, he was, yeah. he was still performing there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially Ryan Giggs' uh, career in brief. I said, I'm not sure how you guys want to do this. Do you want me to go on to my next two players or do you want yeah, to Yeah, yeah, go on then. Go on then. You do your three. Your cool. Three. I'll do my three first. Cool. So the next one I'm going on is uh, Michael Owen. Um, again, another player you guys are probably well aware of. Um, Michael Owen won the PFA Young Player of the Year in the 97-98 season, um, as well as winning the Players Player of the Year in that same season. Um, burst onto the scene at Liverpool as a young player. Um, Owen did. Um, sort of, I think in the season which he burst on in 44 games total, scored 23 goals, of which he scored 18 and 36 in the Premier League, which is you know, a really, really good return for a player who was 17, 18 years old at the time. Yeah. So again, like Giggs was very, very young when he won the um, he won the award. Um, his, his time at Liverpool is probably where he's best remembered, where he averaged a goal every 1.8 games. So I think he had 158 goals and 297 appearances, which for a striker is pretty much what you you can ask for they will say one and two is what you can ask for so he had a better record than that won the 2001 Ballon d'Or as well it's quite an unknown thing about him obviously well known but he won the Ballon d'Or at 22 years old um the only thing I would say about Michael Owen is probably his career didn't pan into maybe what he wanted it to 
he's always seen to be that next great of English football. And I think injuries combined with a few poor transfer moves sort of, you know, curtailed his mm. career towards the end. And he sort of, you know, ruined his legendary status at Liverpool by joining United as well, which I didn't mind because I loved having him as a United player and he scored the winner against City, but he definitely destroyed his legacy there, I think. But have you guys got any uh, anything to add on Michael Owen? Anything you particularly remember from him? Uh, the uh, only thing I remember about Michael Owen is not a footballing thing, but he's the reason my brother supports Liverpool. He went and watched a game that had Michael Owen in it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm. I, I was going to say, I, th- I think the with like, Michael Owen, I think his Real Madrid move is probably the move that, like you say, he had questionable transfers. Um, yeah. That, that move probably was the one that not quite destroyed his career, but put it on a path of no return almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he didn't have a bad time at Madrid. I mean, he still, I think he was mostly a bench warmer and he got 13 goals in 36 games, which for a player who didn't start many games is pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I think it was, yeah, I said poor transfers combined of injuries. I think he got quite a well-known injury in the Euro. I don't know if it was Euro 2000 or Euro 2004, he got quite a bad injury in. And he had a few knee injuries and I think even he said towards the end of his career, he had, not that he had no motivation to play anymore, but I think he was so, you know, he, he always knew that his knees weren't what they were and he lost his pace and he was always, I think, a bit, a bit apprehensive about sort of giving 110% in case his knee gave out. But he still had a very decorated career and ended his career at 2013 at Stoke and now as a pundit for BT Sport. Uh, he's probably one of the most memed pundits I've ever seen just by apparently being a very, very boring pundit. But I can't, you know, <laughs> mm. I can't claim to have listen to too many of his games because I tend to be listening to Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher on United games which is usually more interesting to listen to um, the third player I'm going on to uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this guy because I think he deserves an entire entire point on his own but this is Cristiano Ronaldo um, in 2000 in the 2006-7 season when he won the um, PFA Young Player of the Year to just show how decorated this guy was in this season he won the PFA Young Player of the Year the uh, Players Player of the Year the Football Writers Association Player of the Year, uh, the Fans Player of the Year, and um, there was another one as well. I think he won another award on, on top of that. So pretty much every single award he could win, he won in the 6 7 season for uh, Manchester United. Um, he, he he sort of came to in England as a as a tricky winger from Sporting Lisbon who possessed all the flair and all the abundance of talent, and at United has very really honed that into becoming the world-class player that we all know him to be. Um, especially in his last three seasons at United, the, the guy scored 91 goals in 157 games, sorry, um, whilst playing both out wide or up front as part of that fluid front three at United where I think it was Rooney, Tevez and Ronaldo, which then turned into, you know, Rooney, Ronaldo, sorry, yeah, Rooney, Rooney, Ronaldo and Berbatov. The guy's stats is insane. Like, if you, if you, if you look at his, his career stats, I'm just going down them here, in his entire career... Go down, I've got down his page quite far. He's got numerous accolades, but um, yeah. So in 882 career games, he scored 665 goals, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. He's scored for Portugal um, 102 goals in 170 games. He's on track to um, beat, I think it's Ali Dyer's record, who's the um, top scoring international player. Um, He's won what numerous? He's won what three Premier League titles, an FA Cup, two League Cups, a Champions League at United. He's won four Champions Leagues at um, Real Madrid, two La Ligas, two Copa del Reyes, um, two Serie A's at Juventus, two Supercoppa Italianas, a Nations League, Euro 2016. I think it's five or six Ballon d'Ors. He's won as well. The, the guy is one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest, and. 
I think again he's definitely lived up to his title uh, or to his award that he won back in 2006. Um, is there anything you, you guys want to add on? You know, Cristiano Ronaldo that hasn't already been said. No, just going back to your point, I feel like we could do not just an entire point, an entire episode on Cristiano Ronaldo. He's just he's had so much to be to to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think with Ronaldo, it's one of those elite mentality type players where mm-hmm. he always he's he's one of those players that thinks if you put in hard work, you'll be rewarded. But it's not like you put in hard work, hard work and rest. It's almost like hard work and more hard work, and that that that's the mentality of Ronaldo in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the guy's a mentality monster. Mm. He went from this skinny little Portuguese kid to being the elite athlete. Like the guy is, mm. like if you think of athlete, you're looking at that bloke because he there's not one out of body fat. Yeah, like <laughs> legs like that destroy. Mm. Like if he could kick a tree, he'd kick it down. Like the amount of power he's generated <laughs> under his shots. Mm. The only thing that's maybe maybe, maybe I say disappointing um, is obviously being a United fan. Um, I remember him in his in in his days at United maybe. Maybe he's lost that bit of flair and that bit of trickery that he once had, but what he's lost in trickery is gained in just ridiculous goal scoring ability and one one of, if not the best header of the ball in the world as well. Like mm. the guy just hangs in the air for minutes almost, it feels like when he goes for a header. He's he's one of the best players ever to play, if not the best. Yeah. But, okay, um, shall I shall I go on to my players now? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I know we can talk we... about Ronaldo for a while. Um, yeah, should yeah. we flip a so, coin, yeah. Matt? But no, you, you, you go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first one I want to talk about um, is Aiden Hazard. Now, he won it. He won the PFA Young Player of the Year in 2013-14, and I think he was 22, 23 that season. Oh, hello. 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You're hitting uh, and, puberty, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I'm talking about Aiden Hazard. I'm excited, okay? Uh, so, <laughs> By excited, so, Matt means he's getting very excited, if you know what yeah. I mean. He's getting excited, excited. Um, but yeah, obviously, so if I just read out his... Chelsea career stats, um, 245 games, 85 goals. Um, he's usually a left winger, um, yeah. but he's one of those players that, I mean, I, I would dare to say similar to Ronaldo in the sense of that if he was starting or if, if he was involved in the game, he's one of those players that would just carry the team. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Ronaldo's got stats to back that up, whereas uh, Aiden Hazard's goal-scoring or goal involvement stats on anywhere near what Ronaldo's is. Um, but he was just one of those players where he could just chop and churn. He had such a low center of gravity. I think he's five foot seven. Um, mm. Sorry, five foot nine, it says here, actually. But I'm pretty sure he's five. Oh, no, he's five foot eight. He's definitely five foot eight. <laughs> just, just, um, just go in the middle of the two. Yeah, no, no, he's definitely five foot eight. Um, and he's just one of those players that you throw three players on him to try and get the ball off him and he will come out a majority of those times with the ball still and with those players probably on their ass. Um, hmm. So it was just, it's just one of those players just like that. He could get himself out of so, so many tri- tricky situations and carry Chelsea for a majority of his career. I mean, he spent uh, is it seven years at Chelsea from 2012 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just look at the, the things he won, Chelsea, he won the Premier League twice, 2014-15 and 2016-17. He won the FA Cup uh, once, uh, 2017-18, but he was the runner-up in 2016-17 as well. Um, in the Football League, he won the League Cup uh, once, 2014-15, runner-up in the 2018-19 season. He won the Europa League twice, um, once in 2012-13, which was his first season for us. 
and then again in 2018-19, which was his last season for us. Um, and he was also the FIFA Club World Cup runner-up in 2012 as well. Um, but that's just for Chelsea. I mean, if, if you look at uh, Lille, which is the club we bought him from, uh, he won League on in 2010-11. Uh, go back to the earlier point or the, uh, of, of the episode, he was on the same team that Gavinho was in, um, which also won the Cup de France as well in 2010-11. Can I ask, ask Matt, before you go there, why do you keep calling Gavinho Gavinho? It's a G. It's a G. It's, it's Gervinho, not Gavinho. It's, okay. It's, 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 it's really great you mean the back of their head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, anyway. Um, and <laughs> Sorry then, to your point. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously, uh, if people have followed football recently, you'll know that Aiden Hazard left Chelsea in 2019 to join Real Madrid, which throughout his Chelsea career, he's and his little career, actually, he's always said that Real Madrid is the club that he always wanted to play for. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he is a Chelsea legend. We, we've always had him knowing that he's... I mean, when he was in England, it's always known that he was probably the best player in, in, the, in the Premier League, um, especially when he's after, after he won the league uh, the mm. first time around. But for, them, for him to go from a legendary status to then play for Real Madrid, which we were like, well, fair enough. He's given his, his best years to us. Uh, he might as well go. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, since he's gone to Real Madrid, I mean, he's just been injury, uh, like, injury prone the entire time. Almost, yeah. Uh, I he's, mean, it just he seems to have turned up ten pounds overweight, didn't he? I think, he, he, yeah, he had a few mm. weight issues as well, didn't he? Mm. That he yeah. seemed to have like the struggle to sort of shift. Yeah, he just wanted so. to be a little bit chunky. It's all mm. right. It's all right to be a little bit chunky. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe not the summer bit too much. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he enjoyed the, the you know the transfer and the money that Madrid probably paid into his bank account as it, well. He was but... enjoying the Spanish food. Spanish food is excellent. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's enjoying the paella. <laughs> the paella, yeah. Paella, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Hazard's you know, one of the. He's probably Chelsea's player of the decade, honestly, in the past. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, without, without a doubt. doubt. I guess my only criticism I'd say of Hazard is he he, he did have the, the ability to occasionally go missing. I think there has been times in Chelsea career where you know because he was that important to Chelsea that if he wasn't on his game, Chelsea weren't on his game. But you know when, when he did turn up, which was more often than not, he was he, he was almost unplayable. Like I know, like, um, Marie. Yeah, Mourinho so, used to literally stick Ander Herrera in games to man-mark Hazard mm. for United because it was the only way to stop Chelsea playing was to just go and stick Ander Herrera mm. on Hazard and then yeah. Chelsea couldn't play, mm. which was a, was a decent tactic for Mourinho, to be fair. But yeah, mm. he's one of the best players to grace the Premier League, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's to your point of like when he didn't turn up, I mean, the only time he didn't really turn up was when... Uh, the season that he had with Mourinho, yeah. uh, the season after they won the league and Mourinho, Mourinho lost the dressing room. Well, I think that we can go into that as another episode as well, another point. Definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think it's time to move on to the next player. Mm-hmm. Um, next player I want to go for is Harry Kane. So he won it after Aiden Hazard did uh, in mm-hmm. the 2014-15 season. Uh, now, Harry Kane, arguably England's best forward at the moment. Uh I don't see any other people really dislodging him from that starting place in England's uh, starting eleven. Uh, Not even Danny I mean... Ings. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that. Unless he gets Wilson. injured. <laughs> Callum Wilson's injured, to be fair. <laughs> but but anyway, so so far in his career for Tottenham Hotspur, he is a local lad for Tottenham. Um, I mean, that's why Tottenham supporters love him so much. Uh, he started he his career. He was at Arsenal. He was at <laughs> Arsenal's youth academy. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But, I mean, he started, he started uh, his career in 2009 at Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it does say he was at Arsenal in 2001 and 2. 
Let's go how, say how young think... would that make him? Oh, teens, maybe, yeah, maybe think... a late teens. 16, 15, yeah, I think Chuck's just reminiscing about you know what Arsenal could be now with Harry Kane up top and not mm. Alexander and Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, having a Bamiyang and Kane up top together that would work quite nicely, wouldn't it? But we wouldn't play um... them. We wouldn't play two strikers <laughs> yeah. up top, would we? No. Move I on, keep I'll going. Sit... Keep right, on yeah. going. So, so anyway, right, right, I'm going to mention his stats. All right, so he, he yeah. officially joined Tottenham in 2009 as a senior player. Uh, mm-hmm. 230 apps with 157 goals, which is actually pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of those players now, which is still on track to getting Alan Shearer's Premier League all-time goal scorer. Is it 260 or 280? I forget. Is it... I think it's 260, I think. It yeah, is. Two, it is 260, yeah. Um, so he's on track for that. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those players where you give him any type of space in and around the box and he's going to get that ball and strike it with some force on either foot and he's going to get that in yeah. a reasonable place that's really difficult to stop <laughs> for, the, for the goalkeeper. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's not necessarily the fastest player. I mean, he's, he's got a reasonable time of pace. He's not slow, but he's, he's not quick either. Um, but yeah, he's also more of a modern forward as well because he does have that other area to his game where he's able to get assists as well. He's, able, he's got a good amount of vision to him. Um, where he's able to ping balls and uh, you know play that final pass to get assists, which is which isn't too bad. I think he's on for the assist record this season. I think he's he's definitely got double digits in assists. I know there's one point in the mm. season where he had double digits for goals and assists, which you know for a number nine isn't something you always see either. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, he's definitely Spurs's top player. Like Spurs without Harry Kane. Yeah, it, yeah, Spurs without Harry Kane just don't perform. I mean, it's it, shown this season and seasons beforehand. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, Matt, is it is it is there any point going on to his honours? Because you know, being a Spurs player, there's nothing to look at. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might have. I mean, probably team of the seasons he got probably quite a few yeah. of them. Uh, I mean, individual honours probably, yeah. But other yeah, than he's that, got very, he's got quite a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely no, more than club. No, no, no club honours. So, no, so. unfortunately not for Harry Kane. Um, I'm afraid it's like Mido or someone's got one though for a League Cup in 2008. So does that does that make like Mido or like you know who's another player like Jermaine Genus a better player than Harry Kane because they say one something with Tottenham? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway, right, I'm going to go on to my next player. Talking about Spurs players that have won nothing, uh, the next player is Delhi Ali. So he won it in the 2015-16 season and 2016-17 season. So he won it consecutively. Um, now. He's one of those players that shown when he first burst onto the scene, which was, uh, it was 2015. Mm. He was one of those amazing players. He had so much potential about him. He's one of those few English players where you big up his potential and you actually kind of thought he probably could be one of those players that would really hit the likes of like Gerard um, Lampard. What? He was seen as like the heir to Lampard, wasn't he? Because like, yeah. just the fact that he was like a goal-scoring midfielder, he was seen to like mm. he was hitting the numbers that Lampard used to go and hit, wasn't he? Especially when mm. he first came through at Spurs. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, whereas now, I mean, he's he he's, he's done okay, but he's definitely uh, dropped off the pace this last season or two. Uh, so mm. his his total appearances, 163 for Tottenham and 50 goals. It's not too bad for a midfielder, uh, but when you actually realise that a lot of them were in his early stages of his Tottenham career, as in when he was starting playing for them uh, regularly, like the last couple of seasons, especially under Mourinho. Mourinho has just not taken a liking to him very well. He's, he's just not a Mourinho player, is he? Like Mourinho's just not a fan of those players who like, 
I mean, I'm not. I don't want to generalise Mourinho and say he's not a fan of players with flair, but he needs players who've got the flair, but will also, you know, work for ninety minutes. And I don't think Ali's that player who's going to give you ninety minutes of running necessarily. No. Well, I mean, something to back up your point. I remember, funny enough, talking about Aiden Hazard when Mourinho was in charge of Chelsea, and he'd he'd get annoyed at Hazard because he, Hazard didn't track back, and he said, mm. he, uh, and his point was, well, if you score two goals a game, then you don't need to track back, but if you don't, you need to track back, <laughs> and that, that yeah. was his point. Whereas it, it's probably the same philosophy for for, for uh, Deli Ali. Um, uh, now, obviously, we can't really tell too much because. Uh, uh, completely out of out of form and out of the team, really. Have either of you two watched the uh, Prime Video uh, Tottenham Hotspurs All or Nothing uh, I, documentary? I, All or Nothing. I saw, I saw yeah. a few episodes of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it all. Like, yeah. Mourinho calls him fucking lazy. Yep. To his face yeah. more than once. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I think I th- when he came in, it was. It, uh, I think Mourinho was trying to like motivate him and sort of like jokingly say you're fucking lazy. Whereas oh I yeah, it's sounded jokingly the first time. Yeah. But, but whereas I think now, like two seasons later, it. I think Mourinho should be saying, "Silly, you're fucking lazy. Do some work." Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. more the, the attitude's <laughs> gone to that <laughs> one now. Yeah. I, I think Deli Ali might also be one of those players that's um, similar to Lingard, but Lingard's turned it around this season, hasn't he, with, with West Ham since he's moved? Um, yeah. But yeah, kind of got caught up in the social media type of type of things because. Deli Ali's social media presence, especially when he first burst onto the scene, was quite a lot. And I know, I know now. Obviously, Lingard was a big player for social media in sports for quite a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, I think Deli Ali's gone down that path. He might. I, f- I feel like he's one of those players that kind of feels like he's a celebrity. Um, so sometimes he just doesn't try as hard as he should. Um, but I mean, that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, because when yeah. when you when you see him on the ball, it's I wouldn't say similar to Pogba because. Pogba's probably well. I mean, it is actually it, it is kind of similar to Pogba because you, you see both of them, and when they're on the ball, you can tell that they're just naturally gifted, and they know how to dribble with the ball. They know where the ball is the majority of the time when they've got it under their control. So they're just naturally gifted at football. Um, it's just a question of applying themselves and actually working yeah. hard. So, so yeah, yeah. I think they're almost. This is going to sound weird, but they're, they're almost players who would have been seen as superstars maybe twenty years ago in the era, like. You know, of the era of like, the 90s and 2000s where you could have those flashy players who don't work, like you had like, Juanadinos and mm. in the early Premier League years of like David Ginola and players such as that, like Kaka. These players who like were just attacking players who were on their flair. Mm. Or Zola as well, like players mm. who didn't have to track back. Whereas I think in the modern game of football, because it's so quick and because it's so reliant on off the ball positioning and off the ball movement and making sure that everyone's in the right position at the right time and no one's making any mistakes because that's so important nowadays, you can't really allow for that luxury player. Who's not going to put in 110% because every team plays some sort of pressing style now and the press doesn't work. If one player doesn't press, if one player in that system doesn't start the press or press properly, a team can just play through it. And I can understand why managers don't see the point in him anymore because what he can bring to you in goals and assists, he's going to cost you in not initiating a press or switching mm. off at a corner or, you know, giving away a pass, a dangerous position that, you know, you can't really get away with nowadays anymore. No. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah. I'm done with my players then. Chuck, do you want to continue? Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm going to start talking about a player that had a, a very similar career to what Dele Alli is going through now, where he's sort of up and down. Uh, Jack Wilshere, who won the PFA in 2010-11, very, very injury-prone player. Ended up winning two FA Cups in his stint at Arsenal. But we, we used to call him... Um, what, what was it? Glass Ankles Jack. 
because yeah. every single game his ankles would get broken. Eh? At the moment, he's at Bournemouth in the Championship, and and over his Arsenal career, he didn't do what was expected. He came in as a youngster. He started playing at Arsenal at seventeen, next to Cesc Fabregas, and they both looked superb. One of them went on to do great things. The other one didn't. Can you guys guess which was which? <laughs> Sesk. Yes, Sesk went on to do amazing. That, that's my that's my first player. My second one, which is a player that you're going to love, Ethan. I can actually talk a bit more about him. Wayne Rooney. Wazza. Yeah, he won it twice. Another two-time winner in 0405 and then again in 0506. Now, he was such a superb player. It was one of the first games I watched. It was uh, United versus City where he scored that overhead kick. Oh, yeah. I mean, first first yeah. memory of really watching football out, out in Spain. Yeah, I don't want to like you know take over your point, but Rooney was at a time maybe I'd say maybe from the mid to late two thousands to maybe 2011-2012. he was the best English player at that time. He was one of the best players in the world. He was he was talked about especially in his in his, in his earlier career, maybe up till the point when Ronaldo and Messi went to that next level of being up there with Ronaldo and Messi of in terms of talent oh, for- like. For, for sure, for yeah. sure. I, I think Rooney taught Ronaldo how to header as well because he was five foot six and scored a lot of headers, didn't he, Rooney? He's five nine, but yeah, he did five score nine. Quite a few My apologies, yeah, Rooney, five nine. Say, he did, did f- score a lot of headers. F- five six is more than Lionel Messi, so Rooney wasn't quite that short. But I think Rooney's about five nine, five ten. But, but yeah, maybe he... I'm maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe I mean but j- it... just just yeah. to go through his honours, he's won five Premier League titles, an mm. FA Cup, three Football League Cups, a Champions League, and a Europa League. Yeah, the bloke's that, that's accomplished. I mean, not he's to also, mention he's yeah. United's top yeah, scorer. Yeah, if we, if we have a look at if well. we have a look at those, I do have those. That his, I think those are his two, you know, biggest uh, yeah. solo records are yeah, you know, United top goal scorer ever for two hundred and fifty three goals, and the England national team's all time goal scorer fifty three. Yeah, it's insane. Like again, I think not so much as Jack Wilshere, but he was maybe a story of what could have been. I think. Rooney probably did peak too early, and I think that there was always that thing that did did Ferguson play him in his best position? Probably not. Did Ferguson maybe overplay him and you know cause him to have injury problems later on? Possibly, but do you, do you think he should have been played one. a little bit deeper, like more more in the centre forward, central attacking midfielder role, rather than as an out and out striker? I think it's actually the opposite of that. I think honestly, I think it's the fact that he was always put in a position to accommodate others. Like when Ronaldo was get, becoming that, like you know, the amazing player he was, he was sometimes sw- switched out wide. And for Berbatov as well, he was always in wasn't necessarily played as that main striker that he really wanted to play as. Um, and obviously later on in his career, he played a lot deeper, which may have you know hindered his hindered his career some more. But yeah, I mean, even Van Persie, like it, it, it always seemed like Ferguson always brought in someone to play in that number nine role ahead of Rooney whether it be you know um, obviously they brought in Owen who wasn't maybe the, the first choice but they brought in Berbatov they brought in Van Persie they brought in Tevez you know I think Wayne was necessarily you know never really that first choice for number nine spot but in the two seasons he was the first choice in the 9-10 and 10 no, sorry 11-12 seasons he banged I think over 30 goals both seasons didn't he I think he, he did have an amazing goal scoring record when he did play as a number nine but yeah, he's one of the best players to ever have graced the pitch for England, I think. I, I yeah, can't but definitely agree. up there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna gonna move on to my final player now. It's a player I've already said, Sesc Fabregas. Hey. He was a player, 
a player who won it. Don't start, Matt. A player who won it, <laughs> it at Arsenal in 07-08. And for Arsenal, he won an FA Cup. <laughs> that's yeah. that it. Do, do you want to elaborate? Now, let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he... <laughs> he played really well under Wenger. He was such a talented player that Wenger decided to mould the team around him. He said, Fabregas, you are our central player. Who do you want around you? Probably didn't say exactly that. But that was, that's what it looked like. I don't, I don't know if he'd have chosen Andre Arshavin and Abby Diaby to be around him. But you know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, oh, I'd like Messi, I'd like Ronaldo. No, can't get any of those. You can have Diaby yeah, you... and Jovinho. <laughs> and Bentner. <laughs> so he did leave Arsenal. And he did leave Arsenal for Barcelona, where he then won La Liga and Copa del Rey. And then he did the unthinkable, didn't he, Matt? He did the unthinkable. Well, he came you, back yeah. to the Premier League. He came yeah. back yeah. to Arsenal, yeah? No. No, he came back to Chelsea. Didn't he have... I, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm fairly certain Arsenal had first refusal on him and Wenger didn't, didn't take it up, didn't he? Was it someone else wanted to take yeah, it up? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. We had first refusal and we firstly refused. And then Chelsea <laughs> swooped in. And what? what? I, I believe that at Chelsea is where he really started getting his winnings. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's where he I'll leave you to read it out, Chuck. It? Yeah, he got two Premier League titles of them in the 14, 15, the 16, and 17 seasons. And he got the Europa League in the 18, 19 season, where I believe they played Arsenal in the final. <laughs> yep. And, and Eden, Eden Arsenal Hazard didn't completely turn destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal just did turn out. We got there. Mm. We thought, hey, Sesk, hey, Hazard, here's the goal. Thank you very much. We'll take our second, <laughs> second, me- second mm. place medals. Mm. Well, I mean, in fairness, in, in that campaign, uh, Fabregas was our rotational midfielder because that was the season Sari came in and Jorginho came to Chelsea. And Fabregas was just a rotational player. He wasn't used as a, as a first-team player. Um, more often, it was Kante and Jorginho in that midfield um, yeah. in the sitting he, role. Yeah, he, did, he didn't really play much. Well, mm. his, his club career was amazing, but I, I think his international career was what, was best for him. He was king of Europe. He was one of the king of Europe. And that is the Spanish national team that won the European champions, uh, what, eight years running? So in the mm-hmm. 08 and 12 season. And in between those, he won the World Cup in 2010 with Spain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll probably go on to this later on our third point, because the third point would be about Torres and the, the impact he had on Spain and in, in his clubs. But I think Fabregas, especially from 2010 and 2012... In that system that played, sorry, playing Spain played the tiki taka system. He was that false nine, wasn't he? He was that guy who was sat at the top of the diamond to play this false nine system and faster at points. But yeah, yeah. He, he was the the epitome of Barca, alongside Xavi and Iniesta of Barca tiki taka football. Yeah, just just really. a slot mm-hmm. and and David Villa. That's all yeah. he was there for, really. Exactly. Well, I said that's all he was there for. He was there. You couldn't miss him. <laughs> yeah. He was on the ball. Yeah, probably had like if Spain had eighty percent possession, out of that eighty percent, he had like sixty percent. He was just on the ball all the time. Yeah, the, those are my three yeah. PFA players, and that, two of them went on to do amazing things after winning at Wayne Rooney and Sesk, and then unfortunately Jack Wilshire didn't quite make it. Cool. Well, okay, then let's go into another break. Do you love listening to podcasts but hate ads getting in the way? Why not consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the3nilpodcast or follow us on buymeacoffee.com slash the3nilpodcast. These will get you access to an ad-free version of the pod as well as early access. Right, hello and welcome back and we're going to go straight into our third and final point with Matt. 
take it away. Hello, yeah. So our final point is Fernando Torres and his career um, of how he was honestly one of the best players, best strikers to, to watch, arguably, when he was younger. But then as his career went on, it kind of went downhill. But then it kind of got a little bit better and then it went downhill again. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, he started his career off at Atletico Madrid. Uh, he From 2001 to 2007, he made 214 uh, appearances with 82 goals being scored, which isn't too bad. Um, and then in 2007, he moved to Liverpool, which probably most people would know him from. Um, and he said that for four years, he uh, played 102 times and scored 65, which again is quite a good return. And then we get to the controversial part to his career, uh, where he joined Chelsea in 2011. Uh, now, he joined for 50 million, which back then I think was the one of the highest ones, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, big, it was, big money. It, was it the Worlds? It was definitely the Premier no. Leagues. I. I think it was the record transfer fee for a um, January deal, definitely. I think it was mm. the biggest ever January deal when he came in. Mm, yeah. Um, it wasn't so really yeah. good. The, um, sale, the, the sale of Ronaldo about a year or so beforehand was the biggest one, but I think it was definitely the biggest January yeah, deal. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean buying. Yeah, I think it was probably the biggest mm. player bought in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... But in 110 appearances for Chelsea, he scored... 20 times. <laughs> uh, so, and not going to lie, being a Chelsea fan, uh, especially from seeing him at the club from 2011 to 2015, uh, I could have sworn he scored way more than that. But <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he he did score more. I think you were looking at the, the league goals because I've got um, yeah. here. Mm. I think in, in all competitions for Chelsea, if I'm just having a quick look, I think he got 45 goals in 172 games across all competitions, mm. which, you know, is better, but still not fifty million pound striker worth. No, but he still no. missed that open goal on his left foot. Everyone remember I mean, that one. Yeah, he, I mean, if if we look at his Chelsea career at the very start, anyway, especially his first season. Yeah, uh, he missed sitter after sitter, um, and it wasn't really God, going right for him. It was uh, absolutely hilarious. It, it was. I mean, yes, if, if you're a neutral or someone that doesn't <laughs> like Chelsea, I, it would have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, I do remember I mean, that. Like mm-hmm. I don't interrupt too much, but like like, like I was saying, that, that that the hair thing. I remember watching that game, my heart in my mouth. Torres has just completely done the hair with a little drop of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's got an open goal, and I'm like, crap, we're gonna concede here. He just hits it into the crowd. He like literally just fell, sliced it upwards, and I'm like, mm. this guy's meant to be the best striker like in England like two seasons ago. What's happened to him? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to elaborate on that, saying what's happened to him because I remember. I can't remember who was the manager of Liverpool at the time. Um, it's but probably Benitez, if it's, if it's like... Ben it, it might have been. Torres was there. Uh, but what happened was is that Torres got an injury towards the end of his time at Liverpool, where he was playing insane form. Uh, and he, he got an injury really bad. I think it was to his leg. Uh, and obviously, if you're a footballer, that's not a great area to get injured in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... All of the players, even even Steven, Steven Gerrard has said this now in, in uh, more recent interviews when that he's spoken about like Fernando Torres' career and why, did, why he didn't really perform at Chelsea. He was saying that when, when, uh, when he came back, actually was deemed back to match fitness, um, he was just a shadow of the player that he used to be. He just didn't have that confidence. He didn't have that ability to finish as well as he used to. Um, 
and he just wasn't really the same player. And they say that they literally uh, scammed Chelsea almost out of that 50 million because obviously mm. at the time, like we just said, it was the biggest buying of a player uh, in Premier League history. So, I mean, to put it into context, 50 million then was probably about 180 million now, maybe, I'd say. Maybe, maybe 160-ish. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not talking inflation here. We're talking quality no. of footballer. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah player worth. Say, player worth. Sorry, I'd say it's a it's a Coutinho deal, not a Neymar deal. If we're thinking of that, I think the Ronaldo was a Neymar deal. This was definitely a Coutinho or Mbappe mm. deal, like the, the, just the step below that. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that. That sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, so so obviously we uh, Chelsea played paid the big bucks for him. Didn't quite end up so well. However, the goals that he did score were extremely important for Chelsea. I mean, the main one I think that almost everyone will remember, whether you're a Chelsea fan or not, is... Uh, I feel like we've talk- spoken about this quite a lot over the, the past couple of episodes, but it's the Chelsea Champions League final. Or oh, sorry, the Chelsea Champions League winning season of the 2012. And... God, he's got to bring this up every episode, hasn't yeah. he? We've spoken to <laughs> I mean, him about this. It's probably been the last time for a while. To, I asked to bring imagine, it up every single imagine, time. Imagine only winning one Champions League, eh? It couldn't be me. Yeah, well, at least we won one, so. <laughs> but anyway. I think it's Chuck, not me. Shut uh, up and speak about Torres. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, but the, the main the main goal that he scored was in that campaign. Uh, I just remember playing against Barcelona in their prime, probably, uh, yeah, their squad. It was a squad of Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, uh, was it was it Pedro and uh, Sanchez? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it was. the time in the uh, yeah, 2011. So, yeah, so uh, PK, Puyol. Um, David Villa was still there. Yeah, David Villa, Valdez. Are we just going to name the entire Barcelona squad for 11-12 seasons Well, well now. okay, but... but I think they're like it... Jose Manuel Pinto and like, <laughs> know, like Eric Abadal yeah. as well, if you want. Yeah, but I, this way, team full of legends and this Chelsea team turned up um, and managed just to, out of nowhere, score... Because uh, we were defending the entire game, let's be honest. We were just hoping that something would happen. Uh, and Torres I just... Thought... I, me- I remember we had the entire team back, but Torres, because he came on as a sub for... I think it was Drogba. Um, and he came on as a sub. And clearly Di Matteo just said to him, just go hang, basically, or as high up the pitch as you can go without being offside, obviously. Um, I just remember Barcelona throwing everyone up. I think we were through on aggregate uh, at that point. Uh, but Barcelona had thrown everyone up trying to basically secure that win because it was at the new camp. And I think it was actually Cole with David Luiz. <laughs> that, that's funny, David Luiz. Great, um, yeah. <laughs> a player who, who was once at Arsenal, a player who was yeah. now at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> who cleared the ball from just relentless pressure and it was just the end of the game and it just dropped down to Fernando Torres. And I just remember the way he just took the touchdown Um and he was through on goal. There was no Barcelona players near him for a good like 30 yards or so where he could just then stroll up the pitch. All he had to do was beat Valdez, who was in goal, um, which he did quite comfortably. He just knocked the ball around him on the right side and uh, yeah, just passed it in the back of the net. And that's how Chelsea got through to the final of the Champions League. And that's arguably, in my opinion, the most important goal he scored in his career mm. um, because without that goal, Chelsea probably wouldn't have been through to the final. Of, or, and then one. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, to finish off on Fernando Torres's career, he did go on loan to AC Milan uh, during 2014-15. So 
even though he was still a Chelsea player, like I say, he was on loan, but then he joined them permanently in 2015-16, but didn't actually play a game for them. So, (laughs) uh, so that it didn't really go too well. I don't know the details of that. I'm sure Ethan probably knows a little bit more. Yeah. So he, he went to Milan on loan, I think it was the 14-15 season. He went there on loan for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. basically stunk up the place, got one goal in 10, didn't really play that much. Although this was when Milan were going through their really tough period between like, you know, the Ancelotti era and like now when they've sort of got themselves back now. But yeah, got 10 goals, one, sorry, 10, sorry, 10 games, one goal, not 10 goals, one game. That'd be in, insane. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, he was then signed permanently by Milan because I think they fulfilled an obligation to like play, like, you know, the sort of like loan obligations, play a certain amount of games, you have to buy him. Mm. So then Milan bought him. Then they loaned him back out to Atletico for two seasons, for the 14, 15, and 15, 16. And then Atletico bought him after that. But I'm sure that yeah. this is where you go into Matt about his time back yeah. at Atletico again. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you go back to previously, he started his career, his senior career, sorry, uh, with Atletico Madrid. He was a youth player for Atletico Madrid as well. He started his career properly as a football player in 1995. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he comes back to Atletico Madrid from Milan in 2015-16 season. Uh, so he, uh, it must have been a January transfer uh, that he went on loan. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, w- he went on loan on the 14-15 season in January mm-hmm. and yeah. then played. And then I think it's like an 18-month loan deal and then was signed the season after that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when he, when he came back that first season to Atletico, uh, 49 appearances, 14 goals, which isn't, isn't too bad. Uh, then... Uh, that second season and third season. Yep. So 2016 to 2018, we've got 58 appearances and 13 goals. So it didn't, it, it kind of started okay. And then it just went downhill again. But to be fair, um, he wasn't the main striker for the team. Um, I think, who, who was Diego, it that was in? Diego Costa. Uh, it wouldn't no, have been them because no, it was it Chelsea. Mm. Let me think. It was in the 14-15 season. I think he played up top with Antoine Griezmann and... Who else was up top with them? Oh my god, it's gonna annoy me. Um, because Torres did play up top quite a lot. It was Griezmann and someone else, Kevin Gamero. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah Gamero. So he ended up at PSG and other places, was it? I think he's he's at Monaco now, isn't he? Gamero was at no, Gamero's nowhere now. Gamero was at um he he was at PSG. Um, went there from Lorient, then went to I think he's at Sevilla for I think it might be Sevilla now. He's okay, been at a few right, clubs yeah. anyway. But... Yeah, yeah, he's been around. <laughs> but yeah anyway so he left madrid in 2018 to then go mm-hmm. to a is it a japanese yep a japanese, yeah, japanese professional club. football club called i'm gonna butcher this name is it sagan tosu um like that second tosu yes yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm not japanese so don't no me. yeah sagan tosu something like that no no um, no 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 no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just for advertisers out there, if we do get any, Matt apologises profusely for that comment that he just made. He was not I thinking. Tried, okay. and that's, that's that's, that does not reflect the views and the um, beliefs of this podcast. Yes, we're going to continue um, without, with our terse British anyway, accents so and not try any yeah. others. He only made 35 appearances for them, scoring five goals, of which then he ended his career in 2019. Um, and now he's swole. He's what? He's he's a chunky boy now. now. He, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, not, not fat, like literally he's built like a brick shit house now. Mm. I don't know what happens to him. I think he's ate a steroid and just fucking <laughs> grew twice the size. He, he ate, ate one of the steroid. balls. A single yeah. steroid he ate. Yeah, he, he, ate did, he, did, he did some bullfighting in Spain, won and ate the yeah, ball, and yeah, that's yeah, why he's yeah. got so much muscles mm. now. So yeah, I, I, he's just found out what a gym is really, and or maybe what yeah. a steroid is, maybe, I, I don't know. But, but yeah, so that's his career. I mean, if I go to his honours... 
just quickly. He has won quite a lot. Now, with Atletico Madrid, he won the, is that Segunda division? That's, actually, a, that's, a, that's the second tier, yeah, Spain, yeah. Segunda division. So, uh, so, yeah, and then he won the Europa League uh, 2017-18 with Atletico Madrid. He's also won Champions League, obviously, with Chelsea, uh, as well as the FA Cup, uh, the Europa League with Chelsea again, um, the FIFA Club World Cup runner-up. Uh, Spain, for, for Spain, he won the FIFA World Cup, obviously a part of that squad in the 2010 that we were talking about earlier. Um, and he was part of the 2008-2012 as well, wasn't he? Yep, for the European Championships, for the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, king, king, king of Europe. Yep. Uh, if I just read out all of his individual achievements, because he's got quite a lot. So, UEFA European Under-16 Championship Player of the Tournament, 2001. UEFA under, uh, European Under-16 Championship Top Scorer, 2001. And he was also the player of the tournament in 2012 for the Under-19 Championship. Um, 2012? I think he'd have been... Th- sorry, 2002. Sorry, 2002. <laughs> uh but yeah, he was Liverpool's Player of the Season award in 2007 and 8. Uh, he was a PFA Team of the Year player in 2008, uh, 2007 and 8, and also 2008 and 2009. Uh, Premier League Player of the Month in 2008, uh, February, and also September. Um, BBC Goal of the Month in April 2009. Uh, I do remember that goal. I'm sure. I'm sure that's <laughs> one of his, you know, proudest achievements, winning the BBC mm. Goal of the Month award. Yep. <laughs> um, Obviously, uh, man of the match in the Euro 2008 final. So, so that's a pretty big achievement. Uh, yeah. European Championship Team of the Tournament 2008, UEFA Team of the Year 2008, FIFA FIFA Pro World XI 2008 and 2009, um, ESM I, Team I of the like Year. We, I feel like you're just right. saying words now, man. Yes, yeah. like, yeah. nothing's so, going in. You're just I saying words. It, it, it just shows he won a lot. He won a lot of individual. Like trophies, yeah. So that's fine. So yeah, I don't want to like in, in, interject too much, but I think what a lot of these stats show and a lot of what his career showed is that it's going to sound a bit controversial to a point because he did win a lot afterwards. But I think 2008 was really where his career peaked. Like mm. he went from he went from Spain being like the Atletico's favorite son. Like like Atleti love him out there. Like he's he's god to them. Like he's he, like I said, he's he, he is the child of Atleti. He's the child of Madrid who came through and. Both at Liverpool and Atletico, he was probably the, the, the best player in, and not an average team, but not necessarily like a great team. Like Atleti was sort of between seventh and tenth quite a lot. Not not the top four team we know now, and Liverpool were, you know, battling for top four, but not necessarily ever ever achieving it. And I think yeah, two thousand and eight with that man of the match and the UEFA sorry UEFA European uh, Championships in two thousand and eight was probably the peak of his career, and he never quite hit the heights again. Like even being. He won the 2010 World Cup and the 20, Euro 2012, but... Well, and Champions League starts in 12. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. looking at the stats here, like for Spain, like he won a lot for Spain, but I think from pretty much after the, the 2008 se- like season, in 2010, he wasn't the first choice striker. In 2012, he wasn't the first choice player. He was... Take a look at his stats. He wasn't even that much of a goal scorer, to be honest, for Spain. I think in total for Spain, he only hit... What was it? I think he had like 35 goals, was it, I think? I think for Spain. 38 goals in 110 games, which isn't amazing. Um, in both of the three major tournaments we know him for, he only got two goals and one assists in Euro 2008, and that was playing five out of the six games in the tournament. He got absolutely no goals and no assists whatsoever, playing four out of seven games in the 2010 World Cup. 
and again got two goals and one assist in Euro 2012, starting only two of the six games in that tournament. Um, and of those two goals and one assist, one goal and assist was in the final, but it was to make it 3-0 and 4-0 against Italy. So I think that, it does show, like, sorry, do you want to go? That, yeah, go, so go. I just, that was mad. I watched that. Yeah, in a little pub out in Spain, every time they scored music would go on, it would go nuts <laughs> every single time. And when it got to the fourth goal, they didn't play the music. They didn't yeah, bother. That point. <laughs> but it, I think it does definitely show that, yeah, I think 2008 was when Torres' career sort of hit that peak. And ever since after that, he won the FA Cup and he won numerous accolades. But personally and individually, like, I think his career sort of went downhill after that. I mean, mm. he, he only had one other... After leaving Liverpool, he only had one season where he hit more than um, 10 league goals in a season, and that was 15-16 where he hit 11. He never scored more than eight, goal, eight, eight league goals at Chelsea. He stank up the Japanese league, even though he was in his like, mid-30s, but didn't really do anything out there and obviously retired. But the guy had an amazing career, and I don't want to like you know belittle an amazing career what it was, mm. but you know, 26-27 was his peak, and he sort of was slowly faltering, and then he dramatically fell after that. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely down as um, one of Spain's greatest, like probably top fifteen, maybe top ten strikers um, of all time. Yeah, but you can't really. I mean, as Chelsea strikers go, he's he's not in that category. Um, as Liverpool strikers go, possibly. Um, but yeah, I'd say for as, Liverpool, yeah, yeah, yeah. As as Atletico strikers, yeah. Yeah, as Atletico strikers go, probably yeah, I'd, I'd say that. So it, it's I, I think for, it's weird for Atletico because in terms of quality, maybe not, but in terms of like how much they love him, I think he he is almost number one for them. They love him so much mm, coming from yeah. the academy and coming back mm. to the club. Like they had better strikers like Falcao and Costa, arguably better, but you know he 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 was just loved by that that, that team. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Is that everything we've got on Torres? Yeah. Yeah, it's everything okay. for me. Cool. All right, let's go into another break. Are you or your company looking for someone to help get your name out? To get your product known to as many people as possible, then why not get in contact with us, the Free Nil Podcast, through our email, freenilpodcast at gmail.com, and you can have your ad in this part of our podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of Matt versus Chuck. Uh, the scores are currently 2-0 to Matt at the moment. Chuck's not been having the best time recently. The first week, he made it a competitive tie and lost 3-2. However, last week, I'm fairly certain it was almost a whitewash, wasn't it? Was it 4-1 or 5-0? It was, it was 4-1 because Matt wanted to try for one. And he gave <laughs> yeah, me a point. I effectively gave you that point. He gifted me a point. <laughs> he gifted you a pretty point. But um, this week is the time to turn it all around. Um, the rule we are going to have, just, just FYI for anyone listening, is that if it does get to 3-0 this week, uh, next week, um, I think I'm going to step in to go and face Matt, which I don't think he's looking forward to because I'm basically rain man on football clubs. So um, the we'll reason I didn't join in this game because I didn't think it'd be fair to the two guys to, um, you know, completely destroy any confidence they had in football. But, you know, I thought, <laughs> I'd, I thought I'd give <laughs> Chuck a bit of a chance. Um, so, yeah, yeah, if you guys don't know how the, how the game goes, um, essentially how it will work is I name a player uh, then Matt or Chuck has a chance to n- 
guess how many clubs that player has played for by giving a number. Whoever gets the highest number, then has to name those players. If they na- so name those clubs, I keep saying players. I can't do this. Uh, keep saying club. Yeah, keep, name, name their clubs. <laughs> if, they, if they name all the clubs right, they get a point. If they don't get it right, they lose a point. It sounds really confusing. When you get into the game, you understand. If you've listened to our two previous episodes, you might also have an understanding of this one too. So. Let's Honestly, go I'm still through. confused, guys, but we, we get there eventually. <laughs> well, one day you might finally get it, Chuck. Um, again, because you've lost Chuck, I'll give you the um the, the advantage this week of going first. Cool. Uh, the first player we have this week is Ross Barkley, who has played for five clubs. Ooh. That name is not easy for someone with a speech impediment to say. <laughs> Ross, Ross Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. he's played for five clubs. How many Ross of Barkley. Ross Barkley's five clubs can you name? Three. Three. Matt, can you go more than three? I was going to say three as well. Go, go for four, club? Matt. You got to take that guess. What other club did he play for? I did it all last week. I took the guesses. I got them all wrong, but I took them. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, no, I, I can't name three. No, I can't name four because I'm going to hope that Chuck is going to slip up. Okay. Chuck, name three clubs Ross Barkley has played for. So Chelsea and Everton. That is correct. And then it's between the two clubs that I keep on getting confused about, isn't it? You best get this one right because he's currently at this club. If yeah. that, I think he's currently at this club. He has played for them this season. Yes, yes, I know he has. I'm going to get it wrong because I'm always confusing myself. It's a 50 50 chance, Chuck. Come on. 50 50. I'm just going through the teams now. I'm just going through the teams. I will have to push you for an answer, Chuck. West Ham. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you know what the funniest thing is as well? The last time you guessed, it was West Ham as well, and you got it wrong between Villa and West Ham. So, oh, that's just... <laughs> if you guys couldn't tell by my reaction, um, Chuck did get that one wrong. Um, he, he, he played for Aston Villa, not West Ham. Um, <laughs> he played. So yeah, Ross- Plays currently, so Ross Barkley started. It's always his career the two teams. It's always those Everton. two teams of you, isn't it, Ethan? So yeah, so yeah. He he started his career for Everton um, from 2010 to 2018. He had loan spells at Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds United in those times in 2012 and 2013. He then went to Chelsea in 2018 and is currently on loan at Villa. I'm just going to guess Villa from now on. It's like whenever <laughs> there's a, a question about Shakespeare, it's always Hamlet. For me, just... it's always Villa. <laughs> Let's just hope it's not like, you know, what teams did Colton Cole play for? Because then if you name Billy, really, you're going to be wrong. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one to be want to name West Ham. But anyway, um, the next player. So, Matt, it is your go to bid first. Mm-hmm. This player has played for five clubs. He is Alexander Mitrovic. Oh, big Mitro played for five clubs. The Serbian footballer. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay. I can't name one. <laughs> one, yeah. Chuck, can you do better than one club that Alex Mitrovic has played for? One, one club. Just can you name two players that Mitrovic has played for? I, I can't play two. I can't name two players that Mitrovic has played for. You can, can you name two one. clubs that he's played for? <laughs> Not two players that he's played for. I don't know. I can, I can only name one as well. Only one. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna have to guess for two, aren't I? I'm gonna have to take the guess because I know Matt's got one. Mm. Okay, Matt, can you name three clubs? I'm no. assuming not. No. So, Chuck, can you name two clubs that Alex Mitrovic has played for? Oh, he's currently at Fulham. That is correct. Do you play for Stoke? No. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. So, Mitrovic started off his career. Um, if, you, if you got this one, I'll give you a bonus point. Um, the first club 
He played for was uh, Teleoptic, which is a Serbian club. He then went to Partizan um, in 2012, went to Anderlecht in 2013, um, then went to Newcastle in 2015. Oh, and he was there for three years and then went to Fulham in 2018. Uh. All right. Currently, it's 2-0 to Matt. Chuck, you get first choice on this one. Sadio Mane. Can you name four clubs that Sadio Mane has played for? I, I can name two. Two? Matt, can you do better than two? Nope. <laughs> All right. Can you name two clubs that Sadio Mane has played for, Chuck? Uh, Aston Villa. No, that's not one of them. That's not... That's not uh, Southampton <laughs> and Liverpool. Southampton and Liverpool. <laughs> that is correct. One point for Chuck. It's 2-1 currently. So Sadio Mane started off his career at Mets then went to Red Bull Salzburg, then went to Saints in 2014, and then has been at Liverpool ever since. Cool, so that's 2-1. Matt, you go first this time. The next player has played for six clubs, and the player is Shane Long. Oh, okay. How many clubs of Shane Long's can you name? Two. Two. Chuck, can you do better than two clubs of Shane Long's? Uh, no, I don't think I can. So, Matt, can you name two clubs of Shane Long's? So, Southampton. Yep. West Brom. That is correct. Yes. Love it. <laughs> so, oh, that, that means is... you'll, be, you'll be facing Ethan next week, Matt. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be facing me next week. Um, so, yeah, essentially, um, the way that this... Sorry, the way it works. Uh, the, the clubs he's played for, he started his career in 2005 at Cork City, then went to Reading, um, not long after that, from 2005 to 2011, then West Brom from 2011 to 2014. Spent six months at Hull in 2014, then went to Saints. Um, after leaving Saints, he went to... He's, oh, sorry, he's currently at Saints, but he's on loan at Bournemouth at the moment from January this year. Oh. Um, so, Chuck, this is, your, this is your chance to, you know, make it, make it a closer game than it was last week. This one, I, I would very hope that you get. Oh, Christ, um, no. That means this, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> this player has played for five clubs. Um, the player is Scotland Mustafi. How many clubs of Mustafis can you name? Oh, played for five. How many of the five yeah. can you name? Two. Two. Matt, can you do three clubs that Mustafi's played for? Nope. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> name two clubs, Chuck, that... Scotland Mustafi has played for. So it's Arsenal and Sevilla? No. That is incorrect. No? No. So he started off his career in 2009 at Everton. Played for three years yeah. at Everton. I said played for three years. Played one game in three years for Everton, but it's still one game that counts. They went to Sampdoria. Played there for two years in 2012-2014. Then spent two years at Valencia, not Valencia! Sevilla. That's it. Mm, yep. Oh! Two years at Valencia from 2014 to 2016. Then went to Arsenal in 2016 and 2021, and is currently playing at Schalke. Oh, that's annoying. That's that's annoying. So the the final result for this week was four one to Matt. Matt leads the series three nil in total. So guys, make sure you tune in next week to hear Matt versus Ethan. Yeah, very tough one. Chuck will be choosing the players. And I am hoping to whitewash Matt completely. I'm going to see if I can find some sort of rule that allows Matt to at least stand a chance. Well, uh, no. All Chelsea players. <laughs> you, you could do that, and, Matt, and I reckon I'll still beat you on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know. We might find some sort of rule. Maybe like Matt can have, like a, I don't know, 
a Google card to one player he can like have like a mm. five second Google. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> give him a bit of a chance. But um, mm. saying that, 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 that's activated my Google Assistant there. So um, anyway, <laughs> I, think, I think that is the end of the game this week. So thank you all for listening. Um, and tune in next week to find who is better, Matt or me. Yeah. And that's also the end of the episode. So thank you so much for listening in this week. And that's the end of our episode three. Thanks for listening to the 3-0 podcast. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at 3-0 podcast or following our Twitter and Instagram accounts, which are also at 3-0 podcast. Thank you and see you next week. Time for a love potion, a little sweet and spice Throw it all in a cauldron, mix it up real nice Fire in my eyes, stir counterclockwise I dream of you all night It's just opinions of three people and sometimes a guest about football. The content of this show is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to disrupt or harm anyone in any way. You shouldn't make your own assumptions based on things that have been said in our podcast without undertaking your own research first. Any music we have used is thanks to no copyright sounds. You can find them on YouTube by searching NCS or going to HTTPS, colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash no copyright sounds.